Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I just think it's enticing. It's not rocket science. It can be done. I truly believe it can. It's wanton destruction. It's also illegal. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Do you know... If Jerry Killeen is worried, then I would be worried. Jerry Killeen is saying, lads, 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 don't jump the gun here. Don't jump the gun here. And on any other occasion that Jerry Killeen has warned, don't jump the gun here. Well, the gun has occasionally been jumped and we've ended up in the manure. So so I, I'm not saying, you know... Don't open up. I'm just saying, just be wary of that voice because Anthony Staines is saying the same thing. However, it's a bright morning because we have good news on some fronts, but not everybody is happy. Uh, And I want to know how you feel about the next uh, couple of weeks, couple of months. I got the document yesterday from Fulch Ireland. Now, it's 30 pages and it is guidelines for the reopening of restaurants and cafes. It is pretty much the same document as they published this time last year, but it has a number of updates, a number of variations, which very kindly they have put in highlighted text uh, for the reopening of restaurants and cafes. So at the moment, the hotels and stuff will open on the 2nd of June, and of course they'll have indoor dining and indoor drinking uh, if you're staying in the hotel and then the restaurant sector and the pubs will open outdoor only on the 7th of June we're being told there'll be something happening indoors in July they won't tell us when in July they say they can't tell us when in July now I'm going to bring in Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun first off this morning and and my question is Adam and I just need to get this right and clear like these are guidelines at the moment they are not law so we're very much in a case of what the government decide to do after getting all this advice good morning Good morning, PJ. You're right. I did actually ask this exact question of the Justice Minister yesterday when she had a press conference. 
and I asked, look, these are guidelines, really, what's to stop a, a pub staying open past 11.30 or having more people in than they should? And she said the Gardaí do have the appropriate uh, powers through the emergency legislation that is current, was currently being debated in the Dáil yesterday and in the Shannon earlier this week and is due to be passed, I believe, today. Uh, renewed again today. They have the powers to go in and shut down a pub if they need to because of the pandemic. So these, while they are guidelines, they will be enforced. Now, between this morning and tomorrow evening, there's a lot of talking to be done. I'll go through who's got to talk and what will come out of it at the end. But are we expecting that Michal Martin will come down the steps tomorrow evening at six o'clock? Yes. The timeline, I suppose, of events that's going to happen now today and tomorrow is the Cabinet Subcommittee on COVID-19, so that's the three leaders and the Health Minister and a couple of other select ministers that are directly involved in the pandemic response, will meet with Tony Houlihan, the CMO, along with Philip Nolan and the head of the HSE, Paul Reid. They'll have a discussion about the current COVID-19 situation, where we're at, and then the cabinet, full cabinet meeting will be held tomorrow and you're likely to see the Taoiseach then coming down those steps and addressing the nation at about six o'clock, followed by a press conference when we, and at that point we expect to know um, everything that's going to happen for June and also have some key dates in the, in the diary for July. Now the PP meetings were last night and as we've said before, at this stage they're practically live streamed. They're not even properly private anymore. But there's a lot of unrest in Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael in particular about decisions like no live music and about the discrepancy between the 7th of June and the 2nd of June and opening outdoors and opening indoors. So we're, we're not dealing with an entirely united camp here, are we? No, no, we're not. You're right. And I think this is, um, of all the parliamentary party meetings that uh, I've covered over the past um, couple of months as we started to reopen, the hospitality sector here really caused uh, to the government leaders a problem because they were getting it not only from the opposition benches in the Dáil last night, but then when they went and met their own party in their own camp, as you said, they were getting it from their backbench TDs and inc- including some very senior uh, TDs, who formerly ministers, who believe that some of these rules around hospitality are unfair or strict. And specifically, we're talking about here the, the rule of no live music, which is set to continue for we don't know how long and which will really impact people who want to have a wedding and now can't have a wedding band. And at the 105-minute time uh, slots. So this is only going to be in force if the restaurant or, or pub you're in can only keep the tables one metre apart. So if they're two metres apart, there's no time limit. You can stay for as long as you want. But if it's only one metre apart, then you have to book in ahead of time and you have to leave after 105 minutes. That's causing a bit of consternation and and because really speaking to publicans and restaurants over the past week, they thought that this was gone. They thought this was a thing of the past. Mm. And and the last thing that is really causing problems is the, the difference that the government's rules have made between parts of the hospitality sector. So what we know on June 2nd, hotels are set to reopen with full indoor dining with all these rules in place. Then we see the rest of the hospitality sector in the second tier, the the restaurants and pubs, they can only do outdoor service from June 7th and they still don't know when they'll be able to serve people indoors, but we are told that varying dates in July. Now, Neffet are not briefing every day and haven't done for a couple of weeks. The the briefings are Friday, Adam. So we get less of a day-to-day sense 
of how Tony Holohan is, is feeling and his team are feeling about the whole thing. Plus, it hasn't been helped at all by the, the cyber hack at the HSC. But what is the sense or have you a sense of Tony Holohan's mood as he prepares to meet the ministers? I do indeed. Tony Houlihan met with the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly yesterday to brief him ahead of the Cabinet Subcommittee meeting today. And apparently that meeting went very, very well, that it's all the indicators from NEFID are that things are going very positively, that the only dark cloud on the horizon here seems to be that uh, Indian variant where there are some cases here, but really we're looking across the water to the UK about where that's starting to grow. Now, there are reports this morning that some of the hotspots that the UK saw with this variant are already coming down. So hopefully there's good news on that point as well. I'm told that the, the chief medical officer also raised a concern about some large outbreaks in Ireland where things happen very quickly. For example, like the, the one we saw in Limerick yeah. earlier this week. Yeah. So meetings today cabinet then tomorrow an announcement tomorrow evening something else that's happening adam and it's the renewal of the public health legislation now it's got to be renewed and rolled over before june the 8th we know there's political pressure mounting to not renew it but it will be renewed won't it it will be, yeah. But now this political pressure has actually changed things because originally um, at the start of the week the, the government's plan was that this legislation, now when I talk about this legislation, how it affects your listeners and, and people directly is these are the, the emergency powers that the Gardaí have. So to find someone for uh, not wearing a mask or to arrest people for organising the party, these sort of emergency powers that we all know are, are very strict and were brought in for specific reasons. So they were originally supposed to lapse um, at the in, in the summer here, but the government plans to extend them now to November 8th, and then there was supposed to be a, re- a rolling review every three months, and they would be extended in three-month slots. And that, that was, in the original legislation, that was kind of permanent, that these would, rolling three-month slot, slots would go on forever, and they wouldn't go out of date. Now, the opposition have been furious about this and have been demanding that these things like these are draconian measures, you hear that word thrown around a lot, and that they need to end as soon as possible. Now, when you speak to the various different uh, opposition parties, they, they give you different dates of when they think they should lapse. I mean, you're talking some parties uh, like Sinn Féin want to see them gone in July, Labour, say September, and it varies between party. But what's happened in the meantime is, due to that political pressure, Minister Donnelly has now changed it, the legislation so that it will go up, roll over until November. There will be one three-month time slot that brings it to fe- February, and then it will be gone forever. Finally, Adam, and I know we, we, we don't like, and we, uh, you, you never speculate, in fairness to you, because we don't like to speculate on this programme. We like to deal in what we know. But just um, for my final question, what's in our newspapers this morning, there's every class of a ready reckoner, a table, what's going to happen and when and where and how. Is it likely that between now and the time that Michal Martin comes down the steps tomorrow evening at six-ish, that what we are reading this morning is likely to change. It is, yeah, and I think something that you you might notice from the newspapers um, today, I think a lot of us would have been expecting to have a a clearer uh, look and maybe have already heard some dates uh, at this point of view, but we haven't really heard dates. We haven't seen anything nailed down. So I think what you're going to see... uh, Come Friday, and what, what the, the government have already told us they're going to see is that the, the outdoor hospitality and that sort of thing, gyms and everything else, will open up in June according to the dates they gave us last month. But what I think you're going to get on Friday now 
is very clear indication and date of when things like indoor hospitality yeah. can reopen, when uh, large sporting events, like I'm talking about crowds at matches and concerts, them sort of things, along with international travel as well. Yeah, because the, the vintners were on with me earlier this week, the Restaurant Association are now looking for it. They're looking for a date for indoors. Do you think we'll get a date from Michal Martin? He's been hoofing around somewhere between, well, in July, not the start of July, not the 1st of July. Do you think Think we'll get a date tomorrow. I do. I'd, I'd put a tenor on it that we'll have a date for when the pubs and restaurants will get to serve indoors again. Now, whether that's going to be the first week, second week, or third week of July is really the thing that's got, I think will be decided um, this Friday when the cabinet meeting meets. And and in the cabinet themselves, there are differences of opinions yes. of how long we should wait to reopen that. I know a lot of ministers are very keen to get them open first of July straight away as the vintners have been calling for. But there are dissenting voices who say, look, we 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 know what happened last time around and we really need to be careful, be Koramak as we go through this. And is there the remotest possibility, Adam, and I know I am asking you to speculate here, but the, the pressure that's mounting to bring everything open on the 2nd of June, and there is pressure from many, many corners, is there the remotest chance of that happening? I wouldn't put it past the government to change to change that. I mean, it did seem like a very odd decision to allow the hotels to reopen literally just five days before, and especially when they're allowing the hotels to reopen for indoor service in any way, which is giving them an edge already. I can't understand why they would leave that week away to, for the hospitality sector. Now, when that rule and when that difference was made, we were already in a very different situation when it comes to COVID-19. The vaccine campaign was a lot slower than it is now. And mm. even just this morning, Stephen Donnelly, before I came on with you, had told the doll that he expects by the by next week to have half of the adult population, 50% of the adult population with their first dose. So, I mean, the vaccine campaign has really changed things and is flying along at the moment. And fair play to the HSD because even throughout this cyber attack, they have knocked it out of the park when it comes to the vaccine programme. It has to be said, credit where it's due, Adam, you're dead right. Thank you very much. That's Adam Higgins. He's political correspondent of the Irish Sun, joining me on the opinion line. Yeah, there's a story in the news with regard to the vaccination centres closing for a day or two. And I was like, what the hell is that about? Uh, this, it slipped past me, but Terry had it. Uh, there would be no vaccinations at Parky Cueve on Friday or Saturday. And no vaccinations at City Hall or Mallow today. Um, They are all on target. They are all up to speed with who they're supposed to be vaccinating. But it would appear that staff at these centres have been on the go seven days a week since they opened. So literally, it's to give staff a breather for a day or two. That's all it is. It's to give staff a breather for the day or two. They're up to date. Everything is up to speed. Everyone who's supposed to be jabbed by the end of today will be, for example, or everyone who's supposed to be. And then Parquet Creeve will close Friday and Saturday. Uh, City Hall was up to speed with everyone supposed to be jabbed by yesterday evening. They're closed today. Same so they're just giving the staff a break for a day. 1850-715-996. Just been told that uh, as we talk about what might and mightn't open and when it might and mightn't open, we will be having a, a chat with Jerry Killeen a little bit later on this morning. 1850 715 996. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread. 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. Let me show you. 
it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Helping you get through your afternoons in Cork with the biggest tunes. All your favourite artists are on the air. Hey, it's me, Justin Bieber. This is Dua Lipa. Yo, what's up? This is Joel Curry. I'm making sure I've got the biggest competitions in Cork for you to win as well. Well done, you are a winner! Oh my god, you're a legend. Thanks. Make sure you're here with me so your afternoon sounds better. Let me show you what it's all about. Check it out. Simon Murdoch. Midday to 4 p.m. With Sean Cusack Insurances Can Sale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. Kate says my daughter's staying in a beautiful hotel over the June weekend. She can have dinner in the restaurant, but no other restaurant can have people indoors. It is most unfair. Well, Kate, uh, we've booked into a, a hotel just to celebrate the fact that they're open again uh, for the Friday night of the June weekend, myself and Queen Bee and the Umphala, and looking forward to having a bit of dinner. Um, but, but, yeah, there, there's a difference there, and there's a lot of pressure on, on the government to open everything together. Um, is there science behind not doing it? I, I don't honestly know. But thanks, Kate. Um, in the guidelines published yesterday by Fulcher Ireland, and, and we remember that these are guidelines and that what is law is, is, a, is a bit different, but they are guidelines. In those guidelines, which, as I told you earlier, is a 30-page document, it says, no live or loud music permitted, no live performances permitted. There it is, writ large, which means that for the moment at least, and they say also in that this is a moving document and could change, for the moment at least no live music, indoors or out, Owen Murphy. Disappointing news for for musicians like yourself who haven't gigged in in a hell of a long time. Um, Disappointing PJ, but not surprising. You know, look, this um this has been written into the SIs since the start that there's been no music allowed in pubs. Hmm. Now, statutory you know, instruments, little pieces of law that the minister writes themselves yes, just for listeners. Yeah. Exactly. So, look, they, they, these guidelines are actually going along with the SIs for once. You know, um, now we were hoping that it might be lifted, but we weren't expecting it. Um, no, what we are seeing, PJ, though, is a lot of misinformation going around this morning saying that there is no live music allowed now at weddings. It's a different guideline. And Get away. Actually, Help me here now. Because <laughs> I thought yeah. I had read it clearly. What is the difference? So you've got the, the, the Board Fault Ireland guidelines for the reopening of hotels and guest houses, and you've got the Fault Ireland guidelines for the reopening of pubs and restaurants, which is the one that was published yesterday. Okay. Now, in the guidelines for hotels and guest houses, it states that wedding suppliers can attend a wedding in the function of their, in a professional capacity. So, therefore, that law is allowing us to go to work and do our job. I see. Uh, Which, and obviously that supersedes any guidelines. Right. You know, the statutory instruments will always super the law will basically always supersede a, a recommendation. Right. So so at the moment and there is a lot of concern this morning, just reading the newspapers, th- th- there is a lot of concern 
among wedding planners and people due to get married that they won't be able to have a band this summer. They will. Well, look, I mean, a lot of the hotels are going to stick by the guidelines, but we're finding more and more and more are not. You know, they're... um, I suppose they're using common sense at this stage, PJ, you know. We we all done uh, COVID officer safety training back last year. We've uh, all the... um, protocols put in place, you know, all the documentation ready. So we can do it in a safe manner. Um, again, as I mentioned to you previously, we can work with antigen testing companies. We have a couple of them that we've been speaking to. Yeah. Um, so we are ready to go go to work safely. You know, I mean, look, no one wants um, to, to put people's lives in danger. But at this stage, common sense has to prevail. You know, there's music happening in Every other country in yeah. Europe. The bit, the I, bit mean, I don't understand. The guys flying out to Spain now at the moment to, to start their uh, residence. Really? Yeah. The, the, the bit that I don't understand, and I will try to find out the science here, I can see where indoors they're concerned because of aerosol spread. And, and let's face it, this thing does spread through aerosol. They're concerned that way. But I can't understand why in a beer garden, which is wide open, that a fella can't be in the corner on his guitar. I don't get that. Well, that PJ, look, I suppose it goes back to, 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 to again, you know, the, the lack of, I suppose, sector by sector breaking them down into and looking at each individual part of it, you know. I mean, they look at live music, they're putting the guy with the guitar inside in the beer garden in the same category as the guy in Electric Picnic. Yeah. You know, they're not, you know, there's, 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 there's no, I suppose, joint up thinking involved, you know. No, I suppose... From our point of view in the Wedding Band Association, PJ, we've been um, we've been waiting a long, long time now for roadmaps. And Neil you know, Martin is going to come down the steps tomorrow and we're basically asking him now at this stage to let us know, tell us, give us a clear indication of two things. When we can officially go back to work and with, not with metrics, with dates. And when or where is the 50 million that was promised. Tell me about that 50 million, because people wouldn't understand, I guess. Okay, PJ, well, look, back in March, it was announced that there was a 50 million uh, funding for uh, support for, for musicians. Not a cent of that has been spent. Not one cent, not... Um, no, there are reasons. Look, I suppose we're, as we're the Wedding Band Association, we're a member of the... Uh, Event Industry Alliance, which is a grouping of all the every, every one of the the, the, the top stakeholders within mm. the entertainment industry. promoters, suppliers, promoters, suppliers, yeah, uh, artists, crews, bands, yeah. artists, everyone. So we're after publishing an open letter to Michal Martin, um, basically saying, "Look, stop sending us these stock replies." Mm. Every time we. Right, we get the same thing, though this grant is available, that grant is available. It's not available, it hasn't been spent. Criteria haven't even been published yet. Now, we're 15 months without one cent coming to our businesses. You know, PUP is great. PUP had to sustain us personally. But our businesses are falling apart, and that's jobs gone. You know? Would you do me a favour, Owen? Would you email us a copy of that open letter so we can have a proper look at it? Um, Dave, I'll bring you in at this point, Dave Brown from, from, from Pitcher House. Again, on, I suppose the opening question is, 
when Micheál Martin comes down those steps tomorrow and taking the science into account, we must always take science and public health into account. What is it that you want to hear? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the question uh, that, that, that see, you know, a lot of the musicians are asking is, where is the science for this? Because they never seem to publish that, and we never seem to know what's going on. And as Owen, I, I, I mean, I agree with everything Owen said. We're, we're colleagues in the WBA ourselves, myself and Owen. Um, but, you know, it's not just about a clear roadmap. It's it's just about the support has been an absolute shambles, PJ. And just to reiterate what Owen said there, I mean, the public opinion would be that we got 50 million for this and we got bailed out for that. This government have, have been absolutely inept and incapable of even publishing the criteria for those things. So they said there was 50 million there, but you've never That's got any of it and you, and you don't know how to get it. No. Exactly. We don't even know the criteria, as Owen said. It's, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. And, and, and I suppose, PJ, what we're trying to highlight on the show, on your show and, and, and other shows this morning, is that the perception amongst the public may be that we were already bailed out, and sure, aren't we all on handouts? And I, and I think that's a very disingenuous and unfair thing to say, because as Owen said, personally, the PUP is, 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 is the pandemic unemployment payment. It's a personal, like, dole, if you like. So what they did was they came to us, they shut us down, they said they took our businesses away and they gave us 350 to run our lives and our businesses on. And it's not possible, PJ. And we just want comparable support to other businesses in the country. I mean, you know, I, at the start you could hear the vintners, you know, they were all over the place, very vocal, giving out, giving out, giving out. And I'm not picking on vintners at all, I'm just saying they were lucky enough and they did a, they did a not lucky enough, but they did a good enough job to get those supports in place with, through the CRSS, which is a, um, a scheme that the government have, that pubs can earn up to five grand a week. It's, it's 10% of their turnover. And that's why they went quiet, because they were okay. They could sustain themselves for the mm. most part. I'm sure there's lots of publics that couldn't, and my heart goes out to them. But And, and, and let me be clear about this, PJ. It's, it's not us on whining about why aren't the artists getting more money. Mm. But it, it does seem disingenuous to me and to my colleagues that our businesses are at this stage feel discriminated against because then you have false Ireland coming out and the second line from the top pretty much is and you guys aren't going back to work either. Yeah. Let's and it has sparked it has sparked I mean yeah. Facebook lit up last night from all yeah, the I saw it. I bring this there. question to you both before I wrap up guys because and look since day one I've done my level best to promote uh, the welfare of the music industry here because, you know, look, I've been involved in entertainment for 30-something years and I know how hard you guys work. But for those who still think, ah, Jesus, go away and do something else. She's only playing a few tunes. We're not talking about this. We're talking about professional musicians. This is your job. Start with you, on. Absolutely, Peter. Look, people don't actually realise that we are running businesses that are turning over serious money, putting serious capital back into the, the exchequer. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example now, PJ. I'll just, just personally myself. My, my band, in this, since January, has spent €6,000 on advertising without playing a gig. That's six thousand. Like, like, that'll just give you an idea of where we are as businesses. That's just on advertising when we're off the road. Where's that going to come back from, says you? Yeah. yeah. And, and PJ, the problem is, if I don't spend it, I won't be working in 2023 and 2024. Yeah, and that's, that's the fact. Dave, saying with yourself, like, this is a profession, this is a business. 
It is, PJ, and I would also I would also point out that uh, you know the revenue were grace, graceful, graceful to them to that they parked our tax bill for 2019. So even when we do go back to work, which as Owen said, people have to realise this as well, PJ, that it's not just okay. The guidelines lifted off, you go. We're a year behind, or six to eight months at least behind, because the brides and couples and and gigs and 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 you know. Uh, all the venues, the gigs are pushed out down the road. They keep getting pushed out all the time. So we'll spend the first six or seven months back at work paying off the tax bill for 2019 and the tax charges on the PUP. Yeah. So like, there's no other businesses or profession in the country, PJ, that have to like have a bill at the end of all this, let alone no support. Okay. Now, to leave it with you both there, thank you very much. Owen Murphy from the Buchholz, Dave Brown from Pitcher House, both, of course, involved with the Wedding Bands Association. And, and yes, I'll hold up a shameless um, bias card here. I, I have many friends in the music industry. I have had for many, many years. And they are really, really suffering through this because it's their business. It's like their shop, their pub, their restaurant. This is their business, their band and their Associated operation is their business and they're knackered. 1850 715996. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread. 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. The Corks 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon. Raising money for Cork Cancer Services. Your donations will make a massive difference. I'm delighted to announce that the overall total for the 2021 Corks 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon is a fantastic €385,566. Thank you to everyone who supported the Cork's 96 FM Giving for a Living Radiothon. Corks 96 FM. Talking about music a lot this morning, and we're still trying to figure out what exactly the story is with weddings and, and wedding bands. Owen seems convinced that in the hotel's guidelines, there's a difference which allows a band to work at a wedding because it allows wedding suppliers to supply and I guess you can see where the logic is there so we'll try and clarify that during the morning where we're going but there's a fabulous survey that's been done in the UK and, and, and I'd like to have a bit of fun with you this morning they have done a survey in the UK of the top 40 happiest songs ever released now it's brilliant actually there's a lot in there But it gave me a thought. Let's twist it around a little bit because if everything works out, we're in for a nice weekend of weather. Thanks be to goodness. A weekend that at least looks like May. Doesn't quite look like anything approaching summer yet, but does at least look like May. We'll be able to get the barbecue out and not be afraid it'll get blown over or rained into. You can put up the parasol to keep the sun off, not the rain. So it'll be nice, hopefully, for the weekend. So what song brings out the sun for you? So what song, and it could be any song, brings out the sun for you? I'll do a couple off this list during the morning. I am so thrilled to see the number one. But this, for example, is only number 40. So a song like this, does this bring out the sun for you? 
right? That is taking up the number 40 position on their chart, right? What song brings out the sun for you? This isn't in the, even in the top 10, not even in the top 20, this one. Not even in the top 20. So, what song brings out the sun for you? Get some more of those ones during the morning. Forty of them, published in a, a top forty format. The most popular one. Oh, it gives me such joy! It gives me such joy to see the one that's at number one. Uh, <laughs> Mims, I doubt it. More aids with us today. I am not spinning. Hit the diff. Not a hope. It makes it makes Maureen think of summer. Footloose, I hate wearing shoes, says Kate. I want me flip-flops. Nice one. Uh, no woman, no cry in there. Is a, that's a lovely song. That's a real sort of a cool, beachy song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyone that you can think of, see, can you guess the number one? Uh, wait, three, three, ninety-six, ninety-six, ninety-six. Let's try and figure out a bit more about the weddings and, and putting weddings together for the summer because consternation and as Adam Higgins was saying to me consternation last night from the live music sector because as Owen and Dave were saying they've not been working now for 15 months they've not had any supports now for 15 months and it looks as if they're not going to be working for the foreseeable either in pubs or restaurants or indeed at weddings um Sandra Looney is from To Have and To Hold Bridal Planners. Hi, Sandra. Hey, PJ. How are you doing? Good. And it is confusing because, as Owen said, there's a, there's a book of guidelines to come from the hotel sector as well. But what's the current situation, as you understand it, as a wedding supplier? There is a lot of confusion out there. But what we understand is that there isn't any uh, music at weddings. Um, that's what we're being told by some of the hotels. Now, many of them are confused because there seems to be mixed messages out there. And so what's happening, I think, is that there is a sense that we will wait until Friday to, as I say, hear it from the horse's mouth and hope to get some clarity. Yeah. What was the situation last summer? Last summer was, it, it was all over the place, if you remember. Um, the weddings were, were very small. Um, and to be honest, last summer, most people moved their weddings. We had, we lost 85% of our business from 2020, where couples moved to 21. And now we have found that about 70% of 21 couples have moved to 22. Yeah. So the wedding, the wedding business has been decimated, no matter what way you look at it. And um, the weddings that have gone ahead have been for six people or 25 people. We had a peak of 50 people there for a short period but um, they were very very few and it was for a very short time yeah. um, so last year again there was um, there was confusion because the weddings were so small and because they finished early um, yeah. there was no live music yeah. they just didn't bother the, 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 the clause as I understand it and this is quoting from the lads in the wedding bands association was that suppliers were allowed to be there and of course as a, a professional band is a wedding supplier so they were able to get to get to play on under that particular but it's not it's not clear but it's not clear pj because then if you look elsewhere it's saying no live music indoors or outdoors yes so which is right yeah. which is it like i would love to be able to um, work with my couples and be able to say absolutely and give them, you know, crystal clear answers. But I can't because I don't know. 
And I, and my heart goes out to the guys like Owen and Dave because, you know, those are my colleagues in the wedding industry, uh, and um, it's devastating. Yeah. Um, we, um, we haven't got clarity. We were really um, optimistic, I suppose, now because we're, our, our, the size of the weddings have been at six people for the last number of months, and on the seventh of June it's moving to twenty-five. So mm-hmm. there was a bit of optimism there, and now we're realizing that you know it's an eleven thirty finish, and um, the potential that there's no music. So that again takes the rug out from under couples who are waiting yeah. to have some kind of a, a nice celebration with their very close family. Yeah, and obviously you, like everybody else, is awaiting the guidelines. Do we know when they will be out for the hotel sector because they're opening on the second of June? Yeah, absolutely. It's like everything. It's all very lastminute.com. We really need clarity and we need guidelines. And what we also need, PJ, is yes, we need some clarity for now. But, you know, how long is is this going to be in place? What's the criteria for us increasing the number of guests? Um, Like we have couples who, you know, we could almost work in the United Nations at this stage for the amount of work we've we've done with peacekeeping and changing dates and back and forth um, with couples ringing us every day. Will we move? Will we stay? Can we have music? You know, can we have all these kind of different things that we, we have planned? And we can't answer many of these questions. So we need to know when will it go from 25 to 50 or 100? Is, are these uh, restrictions now going to be in place until August? Is it July? Is it September? Is there a number of vaccinations which we have mm. to hit and, and achieve? So it's really, I suppose, helping us not only to get through June, yeah. but what can we aim for? Like, what is the longer term vision yeah. uh, for the summer so that we can at least help people plan? Because there's a lot of money and emotion tied up in this. And helping our colleagues in, you know, in the music industry, um, as you can hear, I'm quite wound up about this because I feel, you know, we've been so patient. We've worked really, really hard to do everything properly. But we haven't, you know, we haven't we haven't worked properly in 15 months. Yeah. Um, and we, we're trying to give clarity to couples who are looking to us for answers and we don't have them. And one thing we've done on this programme since day one and will continue to do until such time as we're told the pandemic is over, we've always had respect for the science. And I think all of you, all of you suppliers are saying, with respect to the science, please give us some guidance. 100%. We don't want to do anything that is wrong or that will jeopardise the great work that's been done by everybody. We get it. We have families, we have friends. We just want to be able to go back to work safely Give us some help. Give us the clarity. Give us the guidelines. Give us the structure. We'll follow it. We'll do our very best to make sure that we do everything in line with the guidelines. But we have to be able to get back to work. None of us want to be uh, taking handouts from the government. None of us want to be on support. We all want to work. We want to be able to contribute to society. We want to do what we love. Um, And we want to be able to get back to doing the job properly and safely. And I think they should help us to do that. Thank you. Leave it it there for today. Sandra Looney from To Have and To Hold Bridal Planners. And before anybody accuses me, I'm talking to musicians who are aggrieved. I'm talking to wedding planners who are aggrieved this morning. And before anybody accuses me of looking for a mad reopening, I'm not. This programme has always respected the science from day one and always will. But people are entitled, with the science in mind, to ask the kind of questions that are being asked this morning. On vaccines, here's an interesting bit that broke in the early morning news. They are now north of the border. They've said this morning anybody over 18 can now register for a vaccine. If you're over 18, north of the border this morning, you can register for a vaccine. We're nowhere near that now, but we do have a drive-through vaccination centre 
in Cork, Fianna Fáil Councillor Colm Kelleher. Colm, good morning. This one is in Ballancolic. Good morning, PJ. How are you keeping? Good. You had your you had your jab and you never even got out of the car. <laughs> it was like ordering a drive through, through McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. So where is it? So it's, uh, it's in the Link Road Medical Centre, um, you know, uh, in Ballancolic. Uh, Dr. Maria Horgan and Dr. Pat Lee run the, the, the medical centre there for a number of years. And um, I suppose last year when they were doing, and a couple of years prior to that, they were doing flu vaccines. Um, and they, the building itself um, has a car park to the front, but it's also a vehicular access around the back. So they decided that they would, um, I suppose, you know, apply the same method to COVID vaccines. Um, you know, uh, now look, obviously the cohorts uh, vaccinations you just mentioned in the north are opening to 18-year-olds um, soon enough. Um, we're, we're a couple of weeks behind that. We are getting there. I think the portal for 40 to 45-year-olds will open uh, sometime next week. Uh, I myself, I'm only 35. Uh, well, I have uh, an underlying health condition. I've, I suffer from asthma. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, I just, uh, I rang the surgery uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they said, look, just book in online. Um, or they, they took my details. They told me that they'd send me a text message um, if uh, they deemed it was eligible for me to be vaccinated in the next round. I received the message uh, last week. Uh, very simple through uh, the phone. Booked in online. Um, I got my first appointment. And I got my second appointment. And, uh, yeah, literally just uh, drove down there yesterday. I uh, was unaware that it was a drive-through service, to be quite honest with you. Um, when I landed there, I was directed to go around the back. Didn't get out of the car. Um, they gave me the questionnaire. They gave me all the, the, the leaflets that go with it. Um, and um, Dr. Horgan, yeah, just as quick as you can imagine, uh, injected me with the vaccine. Very didn't feel anything. And um, you just pulled up outside and waited the 15 minutes to see if there was any adverse side effects. And thankfully there wasn't. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that was it. Good, but, um, good, good. How are you feeling this morning? I, I'm good. I'm good. I have a bit of a sore arm. Um, yesterday, uh, I, I actually had to take uh, the young fella into CIT to get his HPV vaccine. So I experienced both uh, centres. They weren't doing COVID vaccinations in uh, CIT yesterday. They were doing it for secondary school uh, children. Um, but uh, that was very efficient in and out as well. But uh, I felt tired yesterday evening, if I'm to be honest. Yeah. Um, this morning, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm a little less sore, but uh, look, it's to be expected. All you right. know what I mean? All right. All right, Colm. Listen, thanks for that. Drive-in vaccine centres. You know, we're getting there. Thank you, Councillor Colm Keller. We're getting there. It's slow. God, it's painfully slow. But we are getting there. When you look to the border and you see that up in the north, you can now register the over-18s. And then they're worried about people heading for the north on their holidays. Sure, why wouldn't you? Well, the whole place will probably be vaccinated by July. And most of us will be vaccinated by July. And there might be nothing open to go to in July. People are going to head for the border. It's, it's just what is going to happen. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. The Cork's 96FM music panel gives you the power to pick our playlist. Click 96FM.ie now. 96FM.ie now. Take the 10-minute survey and you could win a 100-euro shopping voucher. The power to pick what we play. Pick what we play. 
Join the Quirks 96 FM music panel. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or see 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850 715 996. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 996. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The opinion line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Now, I need to go straight to this man. We'll talk about your summer songs in a while because we're getting loads of them in. What song, and look out at that now, look out at that old guff outside again. What song brings out the sun in your mind okay 83 396 96 going to run that through the morning I'll then give you a few snatches of one or two of your choices as well but I mentioned with Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun earlier that about this pressure mounting to bring the two dates together the 2nd and the 7th of June that everyone would open together and also to give certainty on a date for opening Indoors. Now, the first person to talk about bringing the two dates together, uh, and he's been mounting and backing a huge political campaign to get those two dates brought together, uh, it was Paul Travol from Travol's Restaurant in Killarney. He called it the plan. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. A lot of people said it was nonsense. A lot of people said it would never happen. It still has to go to a, a dull vote. It still has to be announced. But to look at your Twitter last night, Paul, and to listen to Adam Higgins this morning reporting on the parliamentary party meetings last night, there's a certain amount of sympathy out there for hashtag the plan. Good morning, Paul. Hey, PJ, how are you? Uh, Still, it has to go through a vote. Will they take the chance? Well, I suppose, look, ultimately the plan uh, was to unite all of hospitality under the one umbrella and to get us all open on the same date under the same terms and conditions. And that's all we ever asked for. Uh, And the reason why we went the political way was because, as we said at the start, look, you're not going to overturn any government decision by breaking the law. You're not going to get the support of the people by, you know, trying to advocate for civil disobedience. And, And so we went down the political route because at some stage you must trust our system and our democracy and the people that we have uh, fighting our corner and yesterday showed that we have some serious heavy hitters fighting our corner up in Leinster House. So, I mean, are they going to renew the act? More than likely they will and I think we always knew that from the start because, I mean, some will argue that there's points that they have to renew that's Mm. on the act. This is the act that gives them the powers to invoke public health measures that's going to be, that's very likely to be renewed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, some would argue, and again, I respect everybody's opinion. I mean, I might disagree with some of them, but I respect everybody's opinion. And people will say the act can't be renewed. But I mean, ultimately, we're looking for the restrictions to be removed. And, and so that all hospitality got, gets a level playing field. And PJ, I am seeing, you, you follow me on Twitter, you, you can see on uh, my account that the amount of people that have cancelled for the month of June already and gone up north is staggering and frightening for one reason and one reason only. We get a couple of days, maybe a week or two for lucky holidays uh, uh, throughout the year and we are not going to waste them sitting in a room that we can't go out and socialise, we can't go out into a bar or restaurant and all we ever asked was, we just hit them with facts and logics that there's absolutely no scientific proof that eating in a restaurant is anywhere more dangerous than eating in a hotel and they can't prove that. Well, well, to be fair now, Paul, the question has not been asked well, well, geez, I've certainly asked it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it hasn't been asked to directly to the face of someone like Tony Houlihan or any one of the public health doctors. It hasn't been asked. Now, I will have Jerry Clean coming on shortly, and I'll ask him 
yeah. where and the problem is. Well, but see, what we need, PJ, is more people in the media that has the courage that you have to ask this question. For the last 15 months, we've watched Netflix come out. And no, this is nothing personal. This is absolutely nothing personal to anybody that's making the decisions in this country for the last 15 months. However, our industry and the music industry and the entertainment industry and the aviation industry, we're not on our knees. We're not cut in half. We are one millimetre away from being buried and gone forever. That's how serious this is right now. And we know that we know exactly how serious COVID is. We know exactly, for a second, we've never once denied anything at all like that. But however, there is more than one show in town. And we are now looking at an economic disaster. Even if we opened up yesterday, last month, our industry, and that's all I can speak on behalf because it's the one I know, that our industry is like, it's not going to save us just by opening up tomorrow or June the 2nd. We have such a struggle ahead of us to try and get back on. I was listening to the guys talking about the music industry. We're opening up to bills. We're not like opening up to off we go and everything's rosy. Like we all have 12 months, 15 months of bills behind us that need to be paid. And we are beyond, beyond saving. That's why it is so important that we get back open as soon as possible to give us at least a remote fighting chance to be able to save our industry. Speaking with respect to the science, everywhere else in the world, and I was only talking to Audrey, who has a bar in Hamburg in Germany, she's from Crosshaven, talking to her the other morning, in Hamburg this weekend or this week, she can open outdoors only. They're telling them over there that they will not be open, she doesn't think, until at least September, because the science says indoors is more dangerous. It's just a fact, Paul. Well, look, I mean, we can obviously look at examples of, of, of perhaps Austria, but we can also look at example of, of what's going on up at our, our closest neighbour up in Northern Ireland or across the pond over in the UK. Yeah, but they waited three weeks between outdoor and indoor too. Yeah, I know, but PJ, so the reality is the argument is outdoor dining should have been open a month ago. It's not, it's not that, okay, well, we're opening up on June the 2nd, outdoor di- dining, so we must wait another three or four weeks. It's that w- the outdoor dining should have been open, just like outdoor sports for kids should have been open and started the second that they went back into school. Because if we're saying it's safe for our kids to go into a classroom with 30 other kids, then you can't tell me that it's not safe for them to be playing a game of football out in the field months mm. ago as well. Do you expect a development when Michal Martin takes to his feet tomorrow evening? No, no matter what happens tomorrow, and, and I'm just hoping, and even if Michal Martin, and I'm sure he'll have some of his people listening here as well, if we're told at 11.59 on June the 1st that we can open tomorrow, I might only be able to serve a ham sandwich, but we will be open. So I know we're going to be up against it, but we need to get back open. I think the development that's happened now is thanks to the political force that stood up and, and mm. spoke on our behalf yesterday. There is a huge issue and a massive amount of pressure that's now on this government because they can't deny the facts that we've, that we've said dead. They can't deny the fact that they're saying, listen guys, do you know what, actually in fairness to them, they're dead right. And we always said, and by the, I have to make this really, really clear, we under no circumstance are saying, okay, if we get open up June the 2nd, everyone goes nuts, everyone goes mad, we're like the cattle coming out of the field for the first time in spring and jumping all over the place and having a hoo-ha. We as business owners will have a serious obligation and serious responsibility to do what's right. Likewise, the customers that we want back in our premises will have the exact same thing to do as well. So we still adhere to, the, okay. to all the guidelines and we still do what's right. Before I let you go, Paul, and I know exactly where you are in Killarney, so I know the geography, as it were, but have you got any hope of putting a couple of tables outside your door? Uh, 
unfortunately not really PJ what we'll be doing will be a token we'd put out two or three and, and what's also is, is crazy is that I have my application in the day after they were, they were allowed to be put in from Kerry County Council which is four weeks ago just over four weeks ago believe this now I still have not got a response back from them if I'm allowed to do it or not so when you think about that because I was on to my supplier last week what I was looking to buy furniture wise which was only small amount to put out onto the streets just to show people that we are open and we are still surviving is now gone can't get it so because the council has not given me my license I cannot order any of my furniture in because why am I going to order it? Let's say, for example, so people understand, if I ask to put 10 tables outside on my license, I have to wait. The council will come back and say, actually, Paul, you're only allowed to put two out there. So I'm not going to order everything for 10. I have to wait until I see what I'm given on my license mm. before I can order And for check. people who don't know it, you are on a main street. You don't have a space other than outside your door. So you've you applied four weeks ago for an outdoor license. You still haven't had an acknowledgement. So now you can't buy the stuff that you need. A hundred percent. And I am like 80% of other businesses in this country in hospitality. Most of us have absolutely no facilities at all to do outdoor dining. And just when we got the guidelines yesterday, I mean, look, they're all harebrained, even though a lot of them were the same as last year, but this is one of the guide. and I know it's a guideline, it's not a law, but it just shows you that when you don't talk to people on the ground, you come up with utter nonsense. One of the guidelines says that our industry must have a separate entrance to a separate and a separate exit. That's one of the guidelines in it, which means I need to hang a ladder out my window for people to leave. Because like most businesses, think about your own premises, think about all the shops, restaurants, bars in Cork and throughout the entire country. We have one door in and one door out. And now we have a guideline because nobody turned around and spoke to the restaurateurs or the publicans and said, lads, what do you think about this before we announce it? Is this a good idea? Sure. We would have turned around and said, lads, would you stop? That's nonsense. Stop coming up with utter crap like that. Because it's, and that's why we're in the position that we're in. Nobody spoke to us. No. Now, one in, one out is to stop people brushing off one another and, and all that, you yeah. know. So there's a reason for it. I know, but, but PJ, I'm saying the buildings, no buildings have the one in, one out, unless you want to come out the back door of the kitchen. A simple guideline would be, say, lads, don't walk in the front door somebody's walking out. That's all we have to say. Gotcha. I mean, that, and that's just, that's just a simple example of the, like, we're, we're saying restrict the movement of people and we're telling them to get out of our premises after 105 minutes. It should be 105 minutes of a minimum stay so that people stay in the same place. Well, the aerosol spread there, Paul, you see. That's the problem with that. Look, PJ, at the end of the day, no matter what we look at, and I know you have to, you know, hit me hard, obviously. No, no, I'm coming back to the science. Yeah, no, absolutely. But no matter what we look at, there's going to be a risk. So if we're looking at the aerosol that we're, that we're just after seeing there now, well, then do we turn around and say, look, that's a lot more riskier than, uh, you know what, actually, if you've got COVID, get up and go into the next pub. Because that's what people are going to do. Like, at some stage, we have to trust the people of Ireland. We have to say that these guys, we're not two-year-olds. We have a form of responsibility. And if people are genuinely worried, and again, I fully respect that, then then unfortunately, then don't come out for dinner or just go out for your 105 minutes. But, I mean, the majority of us are are responsible, law-abiding citizens of this country, and it's high time this government treated us with the respect that we deserve as opposed to thinking that we're two-year-olds. I'm going to leave it there for today. Thanks very much, Paul Travod from Travod's Restaurant in Killarney. Insisting that he will not break the law, he will not engage in civil disobedience, but he's merely asking, for God's sake, can we not have a date, and can we not all open together, And if we can't all open together, where is the science behind not allowing us to open together? 1850-715-996. Yeah, just a couple more from that list. Actually, one of of your your suggestions that's come in, who sent this in? 
who sent this one in? I saw it down there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, always reminds me of our girls' first holiday together back in the 90s. There's no name on that. Yeah. Corfu in the 90s. And this song blasting out of every speaker in the street. Yeah. I think it's on that list of the, of, of the top 40. Um Here's another couple that don't even make the top 20. Like, this doesn't even make the top 20. Sit down, Terry. Sit down. It's too early for dancing. Yeah, doesn't even make the top 20 in the top 40 feel-good summer songs. We're asking you what song brings the sun out for you. This one, believe it or not, doesn't even make the top 20. I'm too early in there. Hold on a while now, there. Doesn't even make the top 20. So, what song brings the sun out for you? And look at out of that dirty, mucky old day after a lovely day yesterday and hopefully a lovely weekend. Look out at that dirt and muck out there, right? Clammy, dirty muck. What song brings the sun out for you? 083 396 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Oh, loving some of your suggestions. Loving some of them. I'll give you a few of them in a minute. Uh, the song that brings the sun out for you. We're doing it because it's a grotty old day. And we're looking forward, hopefully, to a nice weekend. Hopefully, to something that remotely resembles May at the weekend. So, 083 396 96 96. And the number one on that survey, I am so happy that it is. I'll let you know what it is later on. I wonder if you can guess, actually. Someone has suggested it. Someone has come up with the right the right suggestion. 1850 715 996. So we've talked to the music industry. We've talked to the restaurateurs. We've talked to the political... We got the political view from uh, Adam Higgins in Leinster House as to what might happen tonight and tomorrow. Let's, let's address the, the, the science a bit, though, because there's a warning in one of the other newspapers this morning. I think it's in the Times. I, I may be wrong. But that we need to be aware of moving too fast. We, If we move too fast, we'll end up in trouble. Now, one of the people who's warned us in the past against moving too quickly uh, is Jerry Killeen, and, and he's back with me again, Professor Jerry Killeen from UCC. Jerry, good morning to you. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good. I'll start with the positive. We're, we're in a lot better situation than we were this time last year in that we now have some very effective and very powerful vaccines uh, to 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 dole out and to roll out among the population. I, for example, have my second jab later on today, and I'm thrilled about that. But, but do you think we're moving too fast? Uh, we are, PJ, um, because we've got a lot to get excited about, but we're not there yet. Um, and you know, we've we've had uh, we've had a few lucky breaks. You know, we've we've got we've got great vaccines. Uh, we do have a new variant of concern on our doorstep that we need to respond to, but the news could be a lot worse. You know, it's not a direct hit below the, the waterline, and, and that is possible. Um, it's, it's a shot across our bow. We need to pay attention to it. We need to respond. Which to element? The Indian variant? 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't, if we don't respond in the same way that we responded to the P1 variant, um, which originated from Brazil, then, uh, you know, we could be in very, very serious trouble. Now, we do know, though, that the vaccines are effective against the Indian variant, maybe less so than other variants, but we know that the chances of ending up very sick or in hospital or much less in ICU, if you're fully vaccinated, they're they're greatly reduced. Yeah, well, uh, the key part there is fully vaccinated. But you Uh, even have a considerably less chance if you've got the one dose. Uh, it's not it's it's not the big bang that you would hope for uh, based on the first dose. So I think it's uh, it varies between the vaccines uh, between thirty and fifty percent. Mm. So it's not it's not um, it's certainly not fail safe protection. And I think I would anybody who's just had one job, uh, I'd say you know be be very cautious. Yeah, still adhere to your measures, of course. Just on the subject of the reopening, and I know, Jerry, that, look, you, you feel we're moving too fast and we respect that, but at the end of the day, we're going to get an announcement tomorrow. Maybe you can put some science on why they would open outdoors and not open indoors to start with. Uh, sure. Yeah, well, uh, outdoors is much safer. Uh, it's obviously nat- naturally ventilated and and you don't get the accumulation of, of virus particles in the outdoor space in the same way that I, I like the analogy with cigarette smoke because it's something that we can all see. It happens indoors. It doesn't happen outdoors. Uh, you can still get COVID outdoors, you know, if you're close enough to somebody. It's primarily through inhalation um, of aerosol. And so so outdoors is much, much it's just a much uh, safer environment to be in. Uh, it's not zero risk, but it's, it's, it's greatly reduced. So, I mean, that, those are the they're kind of easy gimmies in, mm. in any um, relaxation process that we were to go through. Can you put some science on the idea that we can go to a hotel, book in and have our dinner on the June weekend inside, but we can't go to the local pub and go inside the following weekend? Uh, no, I can't. I, there's, there's, there's many things about the, these plans that don't make sense to, sense to me. And that... Uh, Plus the two meters and having uh, Falls Ireland uh, prepare the reopening planning, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. And um, yeah, epidemiologically, it doesn't add up. Apart from the timing, the actual nature of some of the guidelines just just don't add up. What does make sense then is probably better. Um, well, the uh, what would make sense would be to just be a little bit more patient. You know, give this another month or two. Give us a chance to to get on top of this. You know, bring this to a decisive end. Um, I know a lot of people have their eye on the summer. I'm much. My eye looks further to September. I'm really worried about us getting to, us getting to September to still being stuck in this game, still having stable uh, case numbers, like you might have noticed is happening in the north of Ireland, despite their higher vaccine coverage. And then we reopen our schools and we reopen our universities. Um, you know, and we're still, we're still dealing with this. Um, there are limits on face-to-face teaching. There's um, always the concerns about new variants. And then we're not out of this. Uh, I think most of us would give our back teeth to, to have a decisive finish. Mm. Which is impossible scientifically. I mean, let's face it, Melbourne has gone into another snap lockdown. I wouldn't. 
a snap lockdown every, every now and then I could live with, but um, I don't think any of us have enjoyed the last six months. No, no. And, um, and you know, I've, say, I've, I've spent a lot of my life living in endemic scenarios, and they're not the pretty picture that somebody would have you believe, and they're extremely high risk because you've still got an evolving pathogen in business, and you never quite know what it's going to do to you next. Mm. So you're... First of all, look, they're going to make an announcement tomorrow evening. So regardless of what's in that announcement, I think, Jerry, your message to all of us as individuals responsible for ourselves and our families is make your own decision. Yeah, and, and um, you know, I think we can learn from what's happened in, in Limerick. And I think uh, a group that's, that my eye is very much on is the, the younger breadwinners and parents uh, you know, I'm still waiting for my first job, and I'm a breadwinner and a parent. And I, you know, it's something I'd, I'd be very keen to avoid long COVID. If you're in the mm. unvaccinated age category at present, can I be asking Jerry what age you are? Uh, I'm 51. Right. So how, how why haven't you been called yet? I'm not sure, but but you know, I I think the vaccination teams have largely done a great job so far. Of course, there are going to be small anomalies and whatnot, so I'm not jumping. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Up and down and I'll, I'll wait my turn. Mm. Uh, I'm registered. And um, and I'm I'm still in my three week period, so I, I'm sure this, I'm not worried about that. But what I am concerned about is our is our breadwinners and our parents generally. You know, yeah. the likelihood of in your thirties or forties, um, it's much more likely that you would get uh, long COVID and uh, long term um, disability of some level mm. uh, than you would die. So you know, if you're responsible for for kids and, and a family, then yeah. that's really not an outcome you want to yeah. find yourself no, in. No, and we, we, we talked about long COVID on this program long before anybody else did. Um, then the national media discovered it. Um, but we've been talking about it since about last September, and I've talked to people who've had it. And it, it can do awful damage, damage to your life. Wait, wait, is there any research, Jerry, well, I have you, on the effect of one jab on long COVID? Probably isn't because it's not around long enough. Yeah, not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. 
Okay. Although I have known people, I do know a few colleagues and friends. I've got I've got too many friends actually with um, and, and colleagues with long COVID, and I do know some of them who have had a bit of a, a bounce back after vaccination, uh, which seems to have helped with their long COVID. Now, you know, scientifically, I don't understand how that would happen, but you know, Mother Nature sometimes has pleasant surprises for us. You know, it's not that's always a, bad That's surprises. a great way of putting it, actually. You know. and, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, luck bounces both ways. And if there's, if that proves to be substantiated, that would be just great news. Um, and we'll, um, we'll watch that with, with great interest. Finally, you're, yeah, and you're in, I know your colleague and friend, uh, Niall Conroy, who we've spoken to on the programme several times, will be, and he's been talking about this, he'll be delighted, and maybe you, uh, UNICEF, have just come up with an idea where if you get a vaccine, you can then make a donation and 50 euro will buy vaccines for 10 people in the poorest parts of the world. You like that idea? I, I do. And, and I, I made a contribution. I've got to say it's the best feel-good factor in the world. Uh, we did it to celebrate my dad's vaccination. Um, and I think it's a great way for all of us to... Express a little bit of uh, global solidarity, and and also um, it, it's it's very much in everybody's interest. You know, this is a global emergency. It won't be over for any of us until we bring it to an end at a global level, and um, and it's it's also great for feel good factor. So I'd really recommend anybody to to invest in that smile on your face. All right, listen, thank you very much as always, Jerry. Good to speak with you. That's Professor Jerry Clean of UCC. And straight away, the minute I come on, a minute he comes on, people go, oh, this fella. I'll go back through this fella's interviews if you want me to. And the number of times he's been right far exceeds the number of times he's been wrong. He's been wrong a few times. But the number of times he's been right in the interviews with me since day one far exceeds the number of times that he has been wrong. So he's just saying, look, take it handy. Things are going to open up. We're going to get vaccinated, all of us eventually. But take it handy. Don't move too fast. Some travel news. There's an accident at the race course in Mallow. The road there is closed. The main Clarity Road also affected. Now, oh yeah, we've got a bunch of these coming in now. Loads of them coming in. Uh, the song that brings out the sun for you. Where did I see this one? Oh yeah, Maria, Maria. I was wondering where this one come in. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Happy. Yeah, that brought up that brought dance routines and everything. They did a video down around Baltimore. Uh, oh, I love this one. I used this this song, Jan. Jan, this one will always, for some strange reason, remind me of Dario Callahan. I know not why, but it always will remind me of Dario Callahan. This song. Hey, yeah, that's Jan's summer song. Happy days in Kerry. Yeah, great old tune. Always, for some strange reason. Reminds me, like I said, of Der- of, um, of Derry O'Callaghan. And Sandra, oh yeah. Now, now Sandra has upped the class level a bit here. Yes, I think. Don Henley's Boys of Summer, that's the song that brings out the sun 
for Sandra. What's yours? As I said, the number one on that survey, one person's got it so far. One person has got it. The number one happiest songs and the song that brings out the sun. One person's gotten it. I wonder, does any, will anybody else get it before 12? 1850 If you're a new dad, uh, we've talked with Rob Armstrong a couple of times about waiting to become a dad. And his blog is the, the regular dad.ie. Well, he's a dad now. And he's still writing. And you're going to love this next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Cork pop outfit True Tide's new single, I Can Wait, is out now on all platforms and is a high-energy pop tune with a message of hope and better times ahead. They return to Cork to play a show at Cypress Avenue coming up up on Friday the 19th of November. Access all areas. Cork Midsummer Festival features over 40 events taking place from the 14th to 27th of June. Cork City itself will become a stage, a dance floor, a gallery and more. It all takes place on your very own doorstep where you'll find extraordinary art encounters with more information at corkmidsummer.com. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96fm. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 96 On Cork's 96FM. Oh, I'll forget this and I mustn't because it's really important. Thank you so, so much to Blarney Credit Union. I came in this morning to a, a letter with a window in it. And like anybody, I hate getting letters with windows in them. <laughs> but, but, inside in that letter with a window from Blarney Credit Union was Dear PJ, please find enclosed a cheque for €500 Euro in support of the Giving for Living Radiothon. Blarney Credit Union, delighted to support such a great cause. Thank you and all the team involved for getting behind such a great event which helped so many people and that's from the CEO, Seamus, the CEO of Blarney Credit Union. A cheque uh, made out for the 96M Giving for Living Radiothon for 500 euro. Thank you so much for that. And we will make sure it gets to the nearest branch of AIB. Now, Rob, <laughs> I read I read this morning a couple of your latest blogs and I have to say I I was that soldier. Thankfully, it's a long time ago, but I was that soldier, so you have my sympathies. How old is baby Erin now? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. She is just over 9 weeks old. Oh. Um, so she's uh a lot more active and vocal and yes. aware and has her head up looking around yeah. and kind of uh, starting to recognise a lot more things whereas obviously in the first couple of weeks she just slept and ate and slept and yes. ate and well, you, you've about 20 years to go so before this gets easy okay yeah yeah before uh, <laughs> I, I finally get a hang of it but it's uh, no it's been brilliant and tiring and yeah you know were you up last the, night I was uh, <laughs> half two till about quarter past three and then uh, she started stirring again this morning about half six so um, 
I'm surprised by myself that I've been able to get used to so much getting up uh, during the middle of the night because anyone that knows me personally knows I'm a bit of a cranky fecker when it uh, involves me being woken up from a, a deep sleep. But um, yeah, it was. It's been it's been great. I just been everything and more. But it's just it's brilliant to be able to hear now. Kind of start to kind of recognise things and start being you know playing with to kind of we have a one of those play mats and stuff and kicking the... That's fabulous, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, there are many videos going around Facebook and they come up on WhatsApp from time to time and they're really funny of a fella, right, opening a nappy to change it. Yeah. And, like, he'd be gagging and choking and coughing and they're so funny to watch. I don't think you laugh anymore. I never laugh because I've been that man. You've been that man. Yeah, I definitely have a, a more of an appreciation for people who've gone through it after what after being there. Now, I think the the first time it kind of happened, the, the first tsunami I encountered was something to behold. I just couldn't uh, couldn't believe that something so small could produce so something so big. <laughs> I'm, part of me was and so much of it. Yeah, I was, part of me was slightly proud. I was like, "Geez, fair play!" Like, but the other side of me was like, "Oh my good God, there's not, we don't know if I have enough water wipes to wipe all this up." Um, and yeah, then there's being caught in the hop as well when you open an appy and the cold air seems to <laughs> set them off. Oh, yeah, Are you you've been you've been weed on, have you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and more been weed, and more and yeah. more and so has the 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 wall in the in the baby's room as well. So <laughs> it, it, you know when you, when your other half hears you go, oh my god, oh my god, at three in the morning when uh, <laughs> something like this happens is not stop, great. I stop, stop, you're gonna stop, Jesus, yeah. stop. I, def- I had one, was this during the week there, was um, I was doing a change uh, during the night and I picked her up and uh, I was just in my jock going to the, the baby's room and next thing she spat up but I could just feel it rolling down my back. <laughs> so yeah. it's all... Well, you know, all you, you, you pick him up and there's a little bit of a smell and that's fine. Yeah. You pick him up and it's time and then you make the mistake of putting, of kind of sitting them on the palm of your hand... Yeah, I've done that. Uh, okay, and it, um, it comes out both sides? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, the nappy technology might have moved on over the years and been able to kind of keep in no, it hasn't. some of this stuff. But no, it, really it hasn't. hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, no. Any any sort of wiggle and that. Yeah, it comes out the side yeah. or goes up her back. So the whole baby yeah. grow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've many uh, a baby grow. The washing machine is constantly on cycle here at the moment. Yeah, it's... Uh, Another thing, I never, I've never done so many washes in my life. <laughs> but it, it, one of, one of your really, a punami, I love that. One of your um, recent blogs was a few tips, like don't yeah. wearing anything, don't wear anything that you don't want to get vomited on or the other. Yeah, it's I. There's no point wearing nice clothes. It's pretty much you know unless it's a, for a particular event that you have to. But I've come to the conclusion that. Yeah, you're going to get spit on you even when you don't realise it. And when you do realise it, it's probably been there for five minutes. I've been caught walking the dog and looking down at myself and finding, you know, being out in public with spit and God knows what. And there's a gawk down your back that you've missed. Yeah, yeah. You're gone for a walk and someone says... Sorry, yeah. Rob, you might want to change the shirt and you go. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how's parenthood? What do you mean? <laughs> you look down and you're just... Ah, fair enough. That's why you're... Uh, you're asking, but yeah, no things like I suppose. I the, the one thing that kind of got me at the start was, and uh, no one tells you about their breathing when they first came home. Yeah. And like we have, we have her in the cold sleeper next to the bed, and like that first night, 
like you're just listening to her breathing and then she stops and you're like oh my god the baby's not breathing and then they breathe again and you're just up all night just listening to their them basically breathe and you're hoping they don't stop breathing <laughs> panic stations those first couple of nights um, for me and like obviously I didn't uh, everyone was born on the Monday she didn't come home till Friday so I had like four days where she wasn't in the house and then all of a sudden she's here and then it was a, a bit of a shock to the system Ruth had a, a bit more experience she had a couple of days ahead of me so. yeah yeah Speaking of Ruth, she, she's breastfeeding, isn't she? So one one, one of your tips mm. is keep plenty of snacks in the cupboard for the wife. Yeah, that's it. Like I mean, she's she's you know, feeding for two uh, or eating for two. Sorry. So like the things like you know, I always we always have to stay stocked and have stuff upstairs because just instead of you just having to get up and running around trying to grab stuff and um, like she's doing a fantastic job and. Like it's just you're trying to keep on top of everything, you know. I, one thing I'd always say as well is um, for for anyone is make sure you have an armrest any time you hold a child. I've never felt my arms be so heavy <laughs> it's, it's for something so small, and then you're just like, okay, I need to find something because I think my shoulders going to blow out holding them in this position for, and they fall asleep in it, and you don't want them to move so. Um, and uh, yeah, things like this was like one of the I put it up on uh, my Instagram was I got a snot sucker. Like, Excuse me, what? A snot sucker. A snot sucker. Please yeah. enlighten us. So I, Aaron got blocked up. So we had like saline drops. You get them from cow pollers, and uh, you drop one in each nose, and then you take out this thing uh, called a snot sucker, and you have like it's like a tube. One end goes into your mouth, the other end goes into her nose, and you suck the snot out to clear her airways. And now, luckily, the snot are caught inside the tube; it doesn't go anywhere near your mouth or anyone that's listening. And it's slightly disgusted at that. But yeah, I had a few people going, "You're sucking snot out of people's heads." Yeah, yeah, it's part of it. And before everyone arrived, I would have never. I would, the, the idea of sucking a snot out of someone is, you know, no, I, not a chance. I do it now. It's like totally normal. It's, it's like a light switch goes. You're going, yeah. I just have to suck snot out of my child's head. That's fine. It had to be done. Um, oh God, sleep better. <laughs> yeah, oh God, yeah. It, and like, do you know what? What's great about it is that all the stuff that all us dads have been through, you're now writing about, and we're going, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I never heard of a snot sucker. With yeah. regard to the, the the armrest, I agree with you because when we were doing the night feeds, and I'm, bear in mind I had twins, right? Yeah. So we were doing the night feeds, and I brought up into the bedroom. I had a nice, comfortable chair to sit on, but I brought a small locker out of one of the other bedrooms just purely to rest me el- me elbow on while the child yeah. is in it. It's it's uh, it's just something I like. We have and my wife loves cushions on the couch, so whenever without one. But it's the case that you nearly have to build yourself like a fort that you sit into yes. that you know at any point if you're handed a baby your arms are fully supported that if you need to spend the next three and a half hours there you are quite comfortable doing that. But it's, uh, yeah, you understand like it's um, having the oh, the the armrest is a massive thing. You have to set yourself up for that. Yeah. Now, helping your wife when she's doing this. It's, I mean, it is a real thing and it's, it's, it's all fun and games but she is doing a massive job here. So a few few ways to help her. What's the thing about keeping your phone on loud? 
Oh, I I've tend to always have my phone on silent. I just have a, <laughs> a personal preference for some reason. My wife constantly gives out to me for having it on silent because anytime she rings me, I never pick up or something like that. So it's, it's this bugbear that you need to have your phone on loud because if I was downstairs and she's upstairs with the baby or if I was out for a walk and she needed to run back because she needed a hand with something, um, I might be totally oblivious enjoying it, the walk with the dog and then come back in the door and go, ah, I see we have a missed call and a message. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those ones where I, yeah, I would keep her phone on load um, in the, you know, just leading up to and obviously afterwards for the first couple of weeks to make sure yeah. anytime you're not in her presence it has to be on load now. <laughs> so she can get you to hang on. Yeah. There. There's a child yeah. hanging out of me and I desperately need a glass of water or yep. something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. or a shower or I need to do something and you need to get back here now. Um, like yesterday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. this is something that I, we started it actually um, when my kids were small and it's become a lifelong habit for me now. I can't go to sleep without drink water by the bed. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, at the time, it's it's for her. You're doing it, but it becomes a habit. But you, yeah, I just found it. It's like, not obviously before this, I just slept through and I'd never had any need for it. But getting up in the middle of the night two or three times, you wake up and you've like, you've been tired, you've been dehydrated. You just you know, and instead of running up and down with a jug of water when you're half asleep up down the stairs, it's just easier to have something there because. Um, she needs to stay hydrated as well and drink water. But it's yeah, it's it's these kind of ones. It's it, your nights and your day, your days in general are kind of based around feeds. You know, every three hours or so, um, and your day goes so quick. And then you there's all this prep before you go to bed. So you're, you know, I need to have you know the dummies. I need to have the water. We need to have a pump if if we need to pump during the night. You know, we need to have. The, the cloth in case she spits up. Uh, is there enough blanket? Is the room at the right temperature? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Uh, and then you know, there's this whole like rigmarole or like checklist you have to do before yeah. you get up to bed, and then you get in there and then it's trying to get her down to sleep. So it's uh, all these kind of things. You get into the the habit of it. You know, you start delivering for the first couple of. First couple of weeks, I was up and down the stairs like a blue arse fly. I was just up and down, up and down, up and down, <laughs> getting stuff. You're getting and, your steps in at least, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the Fitbit was, was vibrating off every time at me. So, and then even things like I I put in a difference to get a nightlight. Uh, we picked up a nightlight in Ikea. That's a, one's a, an automatic one, sensor one, when you walk into the baby's room. And then there's one we have in our bedroom that's a tap. But it gives off a nice dim light because we found that obviously if you turn on a big overhead light or a big bright lamp, she wakes up, gets a fright. <laughs> gets a fright and yeah. poos in fright. Yeah. <laughs> and fright. And then you're like, right, well, we need to change her again <laughs> and uh, get her down again. And who it is now, you know, quarter to five and we have to be up. I'd be up in two hours for. <laughs> oh, God, Rob, listen, I, I tell you, we were, we were all that soldier led. You're, yeah. you, seem to be do, you seem to be doing a sterling job. And yeah. the the regular dad.ie is the blog, and you're enjoying it. Oh, I love it, love it. Um, I mean, it's it's just brilliant. Now the last I said the last couple of weeks, she's obviously just way more active and just get to kind of enjoy her a bit more than yeah. staring at her over yeah. a, a cot and stuff like that. So, um, not brilliant. Loving it, love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one there I saw. 
where the, oh yeah, here we go. He's hilarious with his snot snorker. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I'm in tears, says Jer. And he's yeah. so honest. And you are, and you're you're speaking for hundreds of dads. And that's why I love, even though, as I said, my, yeah. my nappy changing days are thankfully long behind me. But the regular dad.ie is a great read. If only for a laugh, it's a great sure. read. Jerry, <laughs> uh, Rob, thank you very much. Uh, good to talk to you again. That's uh, Rob Armstrong, the regular dad. It's one of the funniest blogs you'll ever read. And trust me, we sanitize it a bit for the program. Because uh, he doesn't hold back, shall we just say. Have we a couple more? We've loads of suggestions coming in now. Loads of them. Where are we? Yes, Annette. Annette has this one. Again, another absolute favourite from way back. Yeah, that's Annette's song. It brings the sunshine out for Annette. You know what it is. Yeah, that's Annette's one. Um, Dr. Albin saying hallelujah. That brings the sun out for Annette. And then we go to... Yeah, Maria has another one of these. This is Annette's Sunshine Song. Yeah, that brings the sun out for Annette or for Maria this morning. And where did we have another one? Oh, this one was, I can't remember who asked us for this one, but this is just touch class. Summer Bridge, Margaret. Yeah, Isley Brothers. Yeah, brings out the sunshine in your life on a dull, dreary, gunky old day and we're hoping for a bit of sun for the weekend. What song is bringing out the sun in your mind? There are loads of them coming in. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. It's a really yucky morning out there now. Really horrible. And we're hoping against hope that the weather forecast for the weekend will hold up. I'm just looking at what we have on the various apps. My ever-reliable dark sky looks at grotty right through today. Tomorrow, nah, bit all right. Saturday and Sunday, nice. Monday and Tuesday, quite nice. In fact, Saturday and Sunday, very nice. It, it, it may well be. Uh, we're looking at the, the, the YR No app, which we were recommended a couple of weeks ago. That has uh, tomorrow, Friday, quite nice, actually, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, sunny. Sunday looks like being glorious, uh, according to the YRNO apps. We'll see how it goes. And we're trying to talk to you about the songs, or we're trying to get you to suggest the songs that bring the sun out for you. And I'd say get out and play them loud and try and bring the sun out over the weekend. Wouldn't it be great? 1850-715-996. There's still... Uh, at that scene of that accident on the N72 Navigation Road, closed outside Mallow Racecourse. Emergency services, at least up to recently, were still there dealing with a collision. Traffic diverted their delays both ways on approach. Um, it's two-vehicle collision, according to the latest we have. Two units of the fire service, one from Mallow, one from Cantork, and an ambulance there as well. If we have any more on that before we pack up at 12, we'll certainly let you know. 
and more of your song suggestions the song that brings out the sun for you keep them coming in 0833 96 96 96 but the Lord Mayor's Community and Voluntary Awards have been presented this week and presented over Zoom obviously given the ongoing restrictions for COVID-19 there's a lovely spread in the echo today actually of the winners of the various awards Uh, a mention worthy mention for uh, Phil, Phil Goodman Douglas Seniors, the Young at Heart group, they won the Community and Voluntary Award in the Advocacy category, well done to Phil you always see her around Douglas, she's always up to something that woman Uh, the Community Development Project uh, their winners, the the Lantern Project at Nano Nagel won the Lord Mayor's Award there. The Social Services and Environment category, Let's Grow Together, which was previously known as Young Nahini. Great bunch of people up there doing super work in their community. The Blarney GAA won the Healthy Club, the Healthy Club for the Health and Wellbeing category. They won that award. Mayfield GAA won the Arts, Culture and Sport category in the Lord Mayor's Community and Voluntary Awards. But the overall award and I'd say they must have been really, really busy over the last 12 to 15 months. We've talked about them on the programme and spoken with them on the programme many, many times. Congratulations, worthy winners. Friendly Call Cork, the overall winners of the Lord Mayor's Community and Voluntary Award. Brenda Barry, good morning. Good morning, PJ, and, and thanks a million for, for having us on. And congratulations. Uh, listen, we're absolutely delighted um, for for all our volunteers, for all our clients that you know to to be acknowledged for you know just just such a lovely service and such a lovely thing to do for people you know mm. um, to ring them to give them a daily call to check in, especially COVID. It's been so hard on people. It's just been it's actually been awful, really. You know. Remind um, people what friendly call does. Yeah, so what we do is is we have a team of volunteers um, and we ring people every day just to check in and make sure that they're okay and everything's okay. And if they need anything, we can try and point them in the right direction or get them shopping or, you know, organise meals and meals or whatever. So we we get our referrals then from like from public health nurses, from discharge coordinators and hospitals, from the guards, from meals and meals, from other groups. Um, and people self-refer as well. So look, we have people who, who would be very isolated and alone. They mightn't have any family around or they mightn't be in touch with family. Yeah. And it just when, 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 especially like we've been going since 2011, but when COVID hit, I mean, things changed so fast for people, you know. Mm. Uh, and there was a lot of independence taken from people. So yeah. look, just that daily phone call, we're not calling to people's houses at the moment. Um, and, and it was just a check-in. And it's really nice to, I suppose, for someone to be to be ringing you every day just to check in and see that you're okay. Not yeah. a hospital, not a doctor, but just somebody, just a friendly call, as it says in the tin, you know. Be, be, um, because we would forget, I suppose, you know, many people lived lonely lives before the pandemic. And then yes. when they were told, particularly the elderly, told to cocoon and stay away, and many people stayed in because they were just afraid, that's exactly. even lonelier. Yeah, it is. And and look, if you if you really don't have a whole lot to do in a day, cause the, the day is very long, you know. And for a lot of people, when we ring, it might be the only phone call or the only person they talk to in a day, you know, and we'll ring again the next day. And look, there's times that people might have had a fall, which we've had a few of, you know, that we'd be able to alert 
family or whatever, larger story. So we didn't get somebody for a couple of days. You kind of, you know, you'd be worried about them and you'd, you'd be able to follow up and check in with, mm-hmm. with whoever, you know. So look, there's a security side to it as well, but really it, it's more about the chat and, you know, the people, you know, have a bit of empathy. Our volunteers are fantastic and, and we really had to upscale when it came to COVID, but our volunteers are checking in with people and listening to, you know, um, maybe their worries or their concerns or, you know, anxiety and trying to, I suppose, make things a bit better for them and to, to ease their loneliness. And mm. really, we, we've done a great job at that, I think. You know, yeah, uh, listen, you've been and you've been so busy and you've made so many calls and probably made so many people's day over the course of the past year. I'm delighted to see you get that award from the Lord Mayor, um, Brenda. Yeah, really delighted, and, and thanks to the Cork City Council um, and uh, and to the Lord Mayor himself, Councillor Joe Cavanagh. He's a fantastic, uh, Lord Mayor. And also, look, look, is Cork City Partnership is 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 the umbrella body under Friendly Call, yeah. and we have a load of staff within the partnership that were jumped on board to help Friendly Call because we, you know, we were doing shopping, we were delivering hampers, Great. we were maintaining stuff, and you'd be in touch with the council with the housing. There's a lot more than the, than just phone calls, I guess. How can how yeah. can someone get in touch if they, if they want to get themselves yeah. or or a friend or a loved one a friendly call? Yeah, absolutely. Just my email, it's uh, bbarry at partnershipcork.ie and the, the landline then is 021-4300-170. Okay. All right. We'll read those out again. Thanks very much, Brenda, and congratulations to all involved in Friendly Call Cork, the overall winner of the Lord Mayor's Voluntary and Community Awards. B Barry, B-B-A-R-Y, at partnershipcork.ie. That will get in contact with Brenda or 021-430-1700 021-430-1700 while we're talking about Lord's Mayor for that is the correct plural uh, mentioned to an old neighbour from the homestead and that is the former Lord Mayor Councillor Donald Cunahan former Councillor Donald Cunahan uh, was Lord Mayor back in the day and Lord Mayor former Lord Mayor Cunahan is 80 today. A nice roundy birthday. So hello to the Cunahans and to Donal in particular in Silverdale in Ballinlock. He spent 29 years with the City Council uh, serving the city and indeed serving as Lord Mayor. We might get Derry to do the beautiful city bit on Sunday uh, but that our thoughts and our best wishes go to a former Lord Mayor Donald Cunahan 80 today. 1850 715 996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96FM. We're inundated with songs that bring the sunshine out for people. A couple more of them in a minute. But the Cork County Council has launched a tourism app uh, to help us with getting around to see our wonderful county over the next few weeks and months. Sharon Corcoran is Director of Services at Economic Development, Enterprise and Tourism 
at Cork County Council. It's a long title, Sharon. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. Tell me about your new app. Okay. So, first of all, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about the the Explore Cork. That's what it's called. That's the name of the app. It's the first of its kind, um, as far as we're aware. And basically, this is uh, an app that's there for the assistance of anyone travelling anywhere in Cork, whether it's an international tourist, a domestic tourist, or somebody going on a day trip. Right. So essentially, the app has investigators everything that there is to see and do, places to drink, to dine, to to stay in, uh, to have adventure in, to have family fun in. And it has over 850 attractions listed in this app. Wow. But I suppose the beauty of this app, PJ, is that... First of all, it's, it's free to download on iPhones or on Androids. Um, it's accessible from anywhere. The, 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 the USP of the app really is you type in where you are and you can type in what's near me and you can set the slide bar up to 100 kilometres or as low as 5 kilometres. Right. And it will bring up everything uh, under the 18 categories. Or then you can search by category. So if you just want to find out what beaches are near you, what golf courses are near you or what walking trails are near you, you type in where you are, whether it's an address or a, an air code, or you can simply just put in a town, the town of Bandon, the town of Kinsale, yes. and type in what's near me, um, use the slide bar, and off you go. Right, and everything is in there? Everything is in there. Uh, we've worked closely with, obviously, with our colleagues in Pure Cork. Um, we've worked with our colleagues in Fault Ireland, so we've the uh, Irish, you know, the, the Wild Atlantic Way, the branding from Fault Ireland. Ireland's Ancient East, Pure Cork. So everything that's listed on any of their websites, on our own um, website, on the Pure Cork website, anything that has come to our attention, anything that's in our database is out there. Um, We feel we've captured everything, but I suppose the beauty of the app is that there is a facility in there uh, for a tourist or for literally a local. If they feel that there is something that's of interest to a tourist, um, let us know. It's a feedback form. Um, you submit it and we make sure that we, we find out the geocode and we'll get it onto the map. Okay. So, so if I were out and found somewhere that I'd never seen before and I haven't seen it on your app, I've just discovered it, you can submit it? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, you, complete, you complete the feedback form, uh, PJ, and send it in to us. Now, obviously there has to be some quality control and some sort of validation. So we will check it out because we just want to make sure that, um, that it's authentic, that what comes in is, is, is as it says yeah. on the form. So we will do our own check. Um, but yeah, any undiscovered gems, we want to hear about them. And I suppose the beauty of the app really, PJ, is that it's categorised under 18 different categories. So um, we think we've covered it all, ranging from heritage to, you know, uh, mountain trails to beaches um, to places to stay and where to dine. Right, that's great. Now, I was out last Sunday afternoon, for example, went out for a drive down East Cork and came across. Now, I've seen a few people posting about it on on their social media. I'd never found it before myself. Bally Brannigan Beach. Oh, yeah, that's, that's such on our app. a gorgeous yeah, yeah, place. Yeah, 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 actually, it is. Yeah, that was one of the first um, submissions that we received um, before we ever went ever went public. Um, a beautiful location, a beautiful spot. But look, they're the kind of things that you know we we we, we want to hear about. This is evolving. I mean, this it's not perfect, um, but we we think it's as near as perfect as you can get. But it's it, it's evolving. Okay. Um, okay. 
So if there's people out there and they want even constructive criticism, you know, submit the form to us and we'll check it out. That's, okay. That's, that's so, so the name of it is Explore Cork and it's on all the platforms. It's just Explore Cork, literally Explore Cork. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Mind you, the, the, the secrets won't be secrets for much longer under this, but... No, I, I <laughs> but it's fantastic. Like, the, like we're, we're opening now, 7th of June, I think um, the hospitality industry is opening and, you know, hopefully we have a, a good summer. <clears throat> the weather improves from today. Um, we hope that, uh, you know, people will be encouraged, even day trippers, to go to other parts that they wouldn't have explored before. So, look, we will be starting a marketing campaign from this week. Um, and I know we're featuring your community diary, which is great. And we just want to push it out there. It's free. And it really is for the benefit of everybody in Cork and for the benefit of tourists coming into Cork, whether they're national, domestic uh, or international tourists. We, we, want to, we want to show them what's there. And it's, you know, it's, it's the hidden gems as much as the the sort of iconic images that people associate with Cork. Well, we, should, we should all have it on our phones uh, and that's a good plan. Sharon, thank you very much. Sharon Corcoran, Director of Service Economic Development and Tourism at Cork County Council. Thank you for that. 1850-715-996. Let's, and I know she's talking about tourism and places to go and beaches on this horrible grotty day, which is why we decided to uh, ask you for some of your favourite um, summer songs, the ones that bring the sunshine out in your mind's eye, if not in the real eyes for you. It's based on a, a top 40 or top 50 survey that they did in the UK. And I can tell you, a few people have guessed the number one. They have. Um, but here's one that's come in from quite a few people. This isn't number one, but some people might have thought it would be. A big favourite, though. Loads of people asking for us to give this. Yeah. Give us a shout, girl. Yeah, that's a big favourite. That brings out the sunshine for people. Right, now, Ed was on about... I feel that some of the songs, you know, and no matter how young an audience is, there are some songs that just never, ever cease coming back in the summertime. Uh, this one is... Oh God, I'm almost afraid to say how old this is, but still. Ed loves this one. That's Jerry Keller from 1900 and Frozen to Death. I'd only be afraid to tell you when it came out, but it's another one that, that turns on the sunshine for Ed. We've had quite a few people looking for this one. Um, yeah, not too sure if we are, but... We're all going on a <laughs> summer holiday. No more working for a yeah, I hope it'll be summer holiday somewhere other than Costa del Gardenia, but there you go. And another one, this came up. I oh, you love this one. This one gets me juices going. This one. Here comes the summer. Here comes the summer. Here I use that in ads and it's great. The undertones and here comes the summer. We'll fit a few more of them in before before twelve. Your particular favourites. Loads of people summer loving, walking on sunshine, loads of walking on sunshine, tears for fears, Petula Clark, Aztec camera is a great one. I'm noticing actually that most of these are sort of pre-1995. Not a lot of modern stuff coming up. Not a lot of chart stuff coming up. A lot of old classics coming up that people just love to hear to start the summer. The problem with the summer is it also brings spiders. And there's a dangerous spider now living in our midst. We would always have thought, look, if you get bitten by a spider in Ireland, well, no harm will come to you. They're harmless little devils. There's only a little money spider, only a little daddy long legs. There are no 
dangerous spiders in Ireland and a bite from an Irish spider can't hurt you. Well, that's not true anymore because we have a nasty problem now called the noble false widow. The noble false widow spider. And if that fella bites you, it hurts and you can end up in hospital as a result of its bite. A lot of research being done into this creature in the NUI in Galway and from there I'm joined by Dr. Michel Dugan. Michel, good morning to you. Good morning. We never had these fellas before. Where did they come from? So originally they come from the Canary Islands and from Madeira and uh, they made their way in crates, we think of banana, uh, about a century ago to the southern part of the UK. And uh, they kept a low profile for almost 100 years. And only about a couple of decades ago, they started to, to really explode in terms of population in the UK. And in 1997, the first specimen was identified in Ireland in Bray. And since then, they've been taking over so suburban and urban habitats around the islands. And they're becoming very, very prevalent nowadays. You mentioned the Canary Islands. Like, is it possible that they could have come home in suitcases or backpacks? Well, some of them probably came more recently, yes, in in suitcases and and backpack, but but most of the population probably came from crates from the UK then in in the late 90s. So when when you're bitten by one of these things, it's very painful, I believe. Yes, so the first thing, and all victims mention that first, is actually the pain. So the pain is kind of equivalent to a wasp sting. So you would definitely notice it. It would burn. And then, um, for some people, it actually just, uh, it's fairly mild, and people will just suffer some swelling and a bit of pain, so for a few hours. But some other people will develop what we call systemic symptoms. So symptoms that take over their whole body. And uh, they will develop pain in their lymph node and headaches, and they'll start to sweat profusely. They will start to have tachycardia, so their heart will not beat regularly anymore. They'll have difficulty breathing. All those normally uh, get resolved after 48 hours. But sometimes those people need actually medical attention, and in some rare cases, hospitalization to actually go over it. Right. Could, could the bite kill you, Michel? No, so we don't have any report of anybody ever dying from the bite from the spider. However, because the spider has been here only for the past 20 years or so, we're still learning, and we're learning a lot and pretty fast. But um, So I, I wouldn't dismiss it completely, but it's very, very, very unlikely. Mm. Now, I'm reading a piece in the Irish Times where you're quoted as saying that you could find 100 of them in a few hours in certain parts of Dublin. Yes, and this is something that really surprised us because we started to work on this species in 2015. And uh, we had to work pretty hard, you know, to get enough specimens uh, to to extract venom and study their behavior. But now uh, we could literally go in most suburbs of Dublin and collect 100, 150 specimens within a couple of hours. So they're definitely a lot more prevalent than they used to. And it seems that they're bullying native um, Irish species. Um, and so, so they have an ecological impact as well. Yeah. Are they an aggressive spider? No, they're not, they're not aggressive. They wouldn't go out of their way to bite you. 
Uh, however, because they're becoming so common in houses and around houses, there is a lot more interaction between those spiders and human beings. And that's why we're seeing more, more bites now. Uh, imagine, m- most of the cases happen this way. Imagine that you go to bed and a spider makes its way either in your bed or in your clothes. In the morning, you either roll in your bed and squash the spider she will try and defend herself and bite. Or you put on your trousers and the spider is, is tied between your skin and the, the cloth. Ah! It will try and bite as well. Oh, so these are the most common scenarios uh, that we've encountered so far uh, with, with confirmed bites. Are they la- I mean, how would I recognize one of these? Are they big fellas? So according to, a re- to Irish standard, they're pretty big. Uh, they're about the size of a two euro coin. Um, they're quite peculiar in appearance compared to native species because they are black with a big bulbous and shiny abdomen, a big belly. And on their back, they have a kind of cream or white design. Some people see an hexagon, some people see a skull. But so it's something that's quite different from, from the usual species you would, you would encounter normally in your home. So they'd be quite easy to pick out, like? <laughs> so they are actually uh, quite easy to 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 pick, uh, but but of course I no. I mean, I said to see them, as in to spot oh, them, yeah. not pick them up. I wouldn't be picking them up. <laughs> uh, yes, you can you can distinguish them quite easily. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Good. And are they incli- they are inclined to come in into the house? Uh, is there anything we can do in the house to keep them out? No, very little. Uh, the first thing uh, that, that I do personally, it's actually to keep native species of spiders inside my house because they hold the ground and that means that they leave less space for uh, those, those invasive noble false widow uh, to, to come and settle. Uh, then if I spot any, what I do is just catch it and uh, relocate it further away from my home. If I see one in my shed, well, I just let it be. At the end of the day, in my shed, there is almost no risk of being bitten. So as I mentioned earlier, it will not get out of its way to bite you. It will only bite you if it's trapped, in other words, or yes. if, it, if, if it has to defend itself. Yes, but this being said, I still give now my working gloves that I keep in my shed a little shake before I put my hands in, just in case. I see, in case there be one inside, all the thoughts of it. Okay, okay, so they're more common than we'd like to think, Uh, and they... For most people, it'll just feel like a nasty wasp sting, but people can end up uh, quite ill as a result. Thank you very much for being with us today from NUI Galway. That is Dr. Michel Dugan, who is leading research into the noble false widow spider. I'm going to go home now and tell my kids I had Spider-Man on the show. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Let's get nostalgic on a Thursday with a throwback quiz and some throwback Thursday tunes as well. I've got all you need in the afternoon on your radio in Cork to fly you through the day. See us right after the Opinion Line here on Cork's 96FM. This summer, let's get out and about. There's thousands of Sky VIP experiences to be won across the country, like teeing off at the driving range. Great shot! The drive-in movies are back. Pass the popcorn and the gates to the zoo are now open. Hey, don't let the animals out. These aren't just treats. It's the treatment you deserve. Sky VIP. Visit the MySky app to get involved. 
18 plus ticket applicants entered into ballot. See sky.ie slash VIP terms. Closing dates vary. See Sky VIP section of MySky app. It's almost the weekend. When you're hungry for real food, look no further than the freshly prepared by Super Value range. Why not try our tasty spatchcock chicken for only 8 euro? Or chunky beer batter chips for only 3 euro? Prepared in store and ready to eat in minutes. Super Value. We believe in real food prepared by real people. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers World Famous Footwear. On the pitch, it's all about winning, which is why I respect Skechers. They're always winning awards, including just being named UK Women's Footwear Brand of the Year, which makes sense since Skechers are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. They have Skechers exclusive air-cooled memory foam and come in all types of fits, from relaxed fit, wide fit to stretch fit, and new exclusive arch fit, plus many more comfort features. Find machine washable Skechers everywhere. You know what? Whoever said that nothing in life is free is wrong. My mate, One Leg Larry, got a free ticket to a crocodile enclosure last year. Although, up until that point, we just call him Larry. It's probably a bad example, but what about your PRSI entitlement at Specsavers? That gives you a free eye test and free glasses from their €69 range. And now, get free hearing aids with PRSI too. Book an appointment or find out more at specsavers.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Quartz 96 FM. Dave says that uh, spiders don't bother me at all, but midges are my nemesis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it could be worse. I've seen that. Have you seen these videos from Australia, New South Wales? They're overrun with mice. I mean, videos going around on WhatsApp, they're, like they're coming out of everywhere. Thousands of them. There's a plague of mice. It's like a biblical plague of mice in New South Wales at the moment. Marion says, that's it. That's it. I'm moving to Antarctica. And Chrissy, ah, lads, my heart is in my throat. You're talking about them spiders. Well, they're here. They're here. They're not particularly aggressive. But at the same time, they give you a nasty bite. The noble false widow. The noble false widow spider. About the size of a two euro coin. Black, with a kind of a shiny back and a little white marking on it. Maybe we can post a picture of one of them on, on our Twitter or something. But they are nasty things. Best avoided. And if you have one or have seen one around, when you're getting out of bed in the morning, shake the jeans. Okay, <laughs> You don't want one of them getting... No, you don't. You don't even think about it, right? Shake out the jeans. Shake out the shoes. If you have ever seen one of these in the house. Yeah, there's a picture up on Twitter now. Picture up on Twitter now about the um, of the false, the, the noble false widow spider. We are getting. I tell you something. Sometimes we do these ones, the ones that like you kind of your contribution to the program. As in, what are you thinking about? We I still haven't gone anywhere near the top five of those happy songs, but loads of your suggestions. Furry, I mentioned the undertones, I had them. Here's another one that keeps coming in. And again, it's the old ones are coming back, like the old ones. Blazing on a sunny afternoon And I can't sail my yacht Yeah. He's taken everything I got That was from Helen. Helen wanted the kinks and sunny afternoon. That's the song that brings out the sun for Helen uh, loads of people as well there's many many versions of this but this would probably be the original best Mags Boyle uh, Mags, Mags Boyle wanted this 
Drifters, that's the song that brings out the sun for for Mags. And uh, we'll miss him so much this summer. We were hoping to gig together and hoping to be back on the road together with the Song Collector Sessions at some stage this year. And we will miss him so much. And it's a song that even... And to tell you something, even though it's not a Cork song, it kind of is a Cork song. Because we used to have a Take Yourself Back to the 90s. Take yourself back to Parky Cueve on a blazing July afternoon. It would be a Sunday. The thing would be over at six o'clock. But take yourself back to Parky Cueve and Shimsa Koshli and Liam. We sang it like we were in Dublin. And the young people walking on Grafton Street. Everyone looking so. Liam Riley left us at Christmas time. We'll miss him so much, the Irish music industry. Thanks, Liam, for everything, for the memories and the music. He's gone from us, but left us that wonderful, wonderful summer song. There's a few more, and I'm going to do the. I'll do the top five from the, the happy songs. We've had a few people guess the number one. A few people. Rose Morrissey. Well, only for they told me, Rose. Only for they told me that you have a roundy birthday around now or have had a roundy birthday recently. Let me see what we can do about this. Now, this will be a very quick search. I don't know if it'll work at all, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. This this is this is literally just a a quick snatch of this. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy yeah. when skies are grey. They sing that to kids. You'll never know. They sing that to kids in the car. How much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. And that's for Rose, Rose Morrissey, and many, many people, I guess, who sing that to their children. There's a breaking story, which we will be following, obviously, for the rest of the afternoon. We may have more detail on it tomorrow. Uh, but Gardaí have sealed off an area near the water's edge in Crosshaven, uh, pending an underwater investigation by divers. Uh, a voluntary Sabakwa unit was carrying out a training dive in the area last night. And they've come across a car submerged in the water, lying on its roof. The Garda Subacqua unit has now been called in. No other details at the moment, although, and Paul Bourne on Virgin Media has been tweeting this, and we understand quite reliably that the family of a man who went missing in 2004 has been informed of this latest Development. That's a very interesting breaking story from Crosshaven uh, this morning or afternoon. So the Fastnet Film Festival is with us again. It's gone online, as many festivals have done. It started yesterday, but we wanted to catch up with them. John Kelleher is from the Film Festival. Festival Director John, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. A big event. You had a, a great online launch. Saoirse Ronan, of all people. Yes, yeah, Saoirse welcomed... Uh the world to the festival 
uh, as you say, online this year, which is such a shame. We had to cancel last year, as you probably remember, because yeah. uh, of the pandemic. But uh, we're really missing. I mean, I'm in Skull at the minute and it, it's raining, but we're missing that magical atmosphere, that uh, fantastic uh, buzz and lovely kind of casual, cozy intimate um, mix of people that you get here yeah. during the festival filmmakers mixing with the community local community and it's just a terrific buzz yeah yeah and you can't really you can't really beat it but i suppose with the conditions that are with us today you have to join in them as best you can so you're also this year focusing on short pictures yeah, well, the short is the bedrock. It's the kind of, we're going back to our roots, if you like. The, the festival started, with, you know, uh, sort of celebrating the short, and we've always maintained that. But this year in particular, we're returning to it, and we're actually showing, um, they're all free of charge, 350 short films over the course of the five days of the festival. Um, many of them from Cork, by the way. But it's... Um, it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity for people to see really high-quality short films. And then there'll be uh, huge awards with actually 40,000, a total of 40,000 in prize money, which will be allocated on Saturday night. Jerry Stembridge is uh, hosting the award ceremony. And then we're keeping... We usually had our award ceremony on the Sunday, but if we're doing it on Saturday in order to leave... Sunday free, so people can watch the nominees, they can watch the winners uh, and of, of that 350 uh, films that have been in competition. Excellent. And they're from 50 countries, by the way. Now, we can see all this for free? For free. Absolutely How free of charge. How do we do charge. that? Um, a little bit of uh, West Cork magic. Um, we have very generous and supportive sponsors and uh, to whom we are grateful, very grateful um, so that's why we, we don't feel able to charge people. Um, we're able to provide them free. Okay. And you go to fastnetfilmfestival.com? Yeah. And all the details One of the are small there. thing, Peter, we're doing, which is a new one this year, we're doing a thing called In Short, which is normally we have master classes, workshops, all kinds of discussions on industry matters. But this year we're doing little mini tutorials online and 24 industry experts, very well-known people like Carmel Winters, Ed Guiney, um, our own Helen Wells, on different aspects of um, what what people may want to know about the industry, like right. makeup, script writing, casting, cinematography, working with a composer, whatever. Right. And it's all there at fastnetfilmfestival.com. Have a great festival, John, and best to everybody involved. Thanks for being with us on the Opinion Line. Thank you. 1850-715-996. Now, before we go, we'll be talking about this tomorrow. I think it drops I think it drops today. Hang on, I have notes here. So, yeah, it, it drops today on Sky and on Now, and I think we'll be talking about it tomorrow. I was never a big fan, but... Bond from this show. Were Ross and Rachel on a break? Yes. 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 Bullshit. <laughs> the first table read, that's the first time I laid eyes on any of you. Everyone was so perfectly cast. Yeah. I remember I went to the producer of the show I was on and he said, that show's not going to make you a star. <laughs> 
I remember one time, I happened to have the news on, and on the TV was an aerial shot of each of our houses. Oh, jeez. And I remember looking at it going, what? My roof is a mess. <laughs> Yeah, the Friends reunion is on today, and we'll be talking about it tomorrow. And I have to say, the trailer, it looks like very funny, and I wasn't a big Friends fan. I'd say for Friends fans, it'll be huge. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Let's look at the top three of the songs that make the sunshine for you. This was a British survey, but you know what? The choices we're getting this morning really do reflect it. Uh, This was, the top five was... Living on a Prayer, Staying Alive, and then This Beauty. And number three, song that brings out the sunshine for you, Dancing Queen from ABBA, one of the old reliables. Then number two, I love this, love this. This one's from, this is number two, the song that brings out the sunshine, the song that makes you happy. I'll argue the point with anybody, the greatest, the greatest onstage frontman of all time. Freddie, I had the joy of seeing him live. That's Don't Stop Me Now. That's number two from Queen in that survey they did to the top 40. But I was at a gig in Dublin a few years ago. I'd waited since I was a little boy to see this band. And I finally got to see them in the O2 a couple of you know, with the three arena, whatever they're calling it this week, a couple of years ago, and this was the last song they did. This is the number one. This is the song that most people say brings the sun out. Electric Night Orchestra, Mr. Blue Sky, recorded in a basement studio in November without a sign of the sun in place and still the best summer song ever yeah that's the number one on that chart thank you Terry thank you Maureen we'll see you tomorrow just after nine can we just talk the opinion line on Cork's 96 FM with dairy made premium spread 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.